Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the Adam and Jordana podcast, please do so. That could be something to do uh, for the new year. Commit to... Uh, you're missing out. Missing out. In the first half hour of the show, we talked about words and phrases that we'd like to uh, get rid of in the new year. And you mentioned like about how the kids all continue to say like all the time. Like, like yeah. And somebody texted in saying that both Jason DeRussia and myself frequently uh, use the word like. And I responded to that texter, by the way, when you text us at 651-461-9226, we reserve the right to respond. And I responded, not sure I hear Jason saying like, but Adam does it because he's an idiot. Yeah. Then that person responded, well, give it a listen and see. <laughs> apparently suggesting oh, yes, that, Adam is an yes, idiot. That, well, yeah. that goes without saying, yes. apparently. I wonder. Do, so do you, do what about text- that phrase? Well, that goes without saying. Goes without saying. I wonder if the texters know that it's us who responds. Like, do you guys get that? That sometimes. you are. I mean, sometimes we respond. Sometimes somebody. No, else I mean, so, I, I think sometimes they get. The, yeah, but yes, oh. we are the ones who. But respond. Sometimes people are are shocked, or you know, they're like, Jordana should be fired. She's a moron, right. and I'll respond like, Yes, she's awful. And when I text that, I do. I am surprised that you respond. <laughs> No, it's like, yeah, we don't have a staff of 85 people right. here, like the texting department. Right. You know? I mean, we can't respond to all the texts, but we try to look at them. And I mean, we love seeing your words. I just, we should. We should do that. People are surprised sometimes when we, we're like, we do have your phone numbers. Have a great day. And someday we should. Uh, we should do like random calls. We should call the texter. Oh, my God. That would be funny. Hi, it's Adam and Jordana. Yeah. You're on the air. Is that legal? Can we do that? As oh, long as they know that they're on the air. We have to I'm tell them. a new segment. Ah, we get in trouble. Who cares? Ready for quick takes? You got it, baby. So. Uh, beer shipments are on track to fall below 200 million barrels for the first time since the late 90s. Also, the average number of drinks Americans consume has fallen over the last decade from four. This is drinks per week for American adults from 4.8 to 3.6 over the last decade really and changed jordana are you surprised that the rate of beer consumption is on the decline in america yes because people love to drink but people also love to get high so i do think more marijuana legal marijuana legal ways to do this might take away some of the market share from the alcohol so I shouldn't be surprised considering that trend. Now, did you say that overall drinking has dropped, too, from four to three drinks? Uh, yes, both. So the four to three drinks, that's overall alcohol yeah, consumption. Yeah, that yes. surprises That me. surprises you? Because the hellscape that this world is sometimes. You need a drink. And they talked about it during COVID. 
That surprises me. The beer one does not surprise me. And the fact that I think to, we saw like a craft beer boom mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. early 20-teens, in the 20-teens. And I think that probably has subsided a little bit. But I think there's so many different alcoholic beverages too now, like the rise of um, yeah, seltzers. Seltzers. Correct. It means fewer and, people are drinking beer. And kids. You know, kids don't like beer. They like drinking, but they don't like beer. So kids yeah. either, you know, they shouldn't be drinking in high school or college or whatever. They drink other things like the White Claws. They want something sweet. They don't want to have to learn how to drink beer. So that's going to be a trend. And someone says it's a boomer drink. Someone texts in and saying oh. regarding beer, just like housing and unemployment, beer sales are declining because boomers are dying off. Hmm. Oh, I didn't realize it was a beer boomer, a boomer drink. Beer boomer drink? Maybe it is. That's interesting. Now we know. Valley Sports North will be broadcasting all 24 regular season games played by the new Minnesota professional women's hockey team this summer. Their season starts tomorrow when they play Boston in their first ever game. Adam, what's your interest level in Minnesota's new pro women's hockey league? I definitely will check it out. Here's the thing about it, though, is... They don't have, like, nicknames. These teams don't have nicknames. They're just the cities, right? Yes, yes. Which I And all their jerseys look very similar. It's, it's like a it's standard like a generic jersey. Yes. So that... Um, That's kind of boring. It is kind of boring. I mean, let's go here. Like, like, we have we like to come up with nicknames for our teams. So I don't know. Maybe that's on its way, or this is just still in its infancy. I don't know. I don't know if there's been an explanation as to why. Our guy, Joe Anderson... Uh, used to fill in here from time to time. Funzy, he's the uh, media guy for uh, for the women's team. So maybe we'll ask him sometime. But yeah, no, I, I definitely want to see it. Like I said, I used to play pickup hockey all the time, and I played pickup hockey with a lot of women who were really good. And these these were like Division One hockey players, and the talent level is excellent. So yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting. Well, I'm excited about this, not because I'm going to necessarily go to the games. I'll just be totally honest with you. I'm probably not. But the fact that it exists, there's so many female hockey players that after college or whatever have nowhere to go or, you know, want to continue either their career, want to get paid for it. The fact that this exists, um, I think is just such a great thing. It's another career path. It's another way to extend your skills. So... I don't know that people are going to be flocking or they even expect, you know, packed houses to wherever they're there or a huge interest level. But they're doing what they their passion in life. And and this is an outlet for that. And I think that that's a beautiful. thing. Well, and I think it's great that it'll be accessible that the games will be on Valley Sports North. Yeah. You know, young hockey players can watch these girls play. Exactly. A Florida teenager was traveling alone, was meant to fly to see his mother in Ohio on a a Frontier airline flight, but he ended up in Puerto Rico. The 16-year-old passenger was scheduled to fly to Tampa, uh, Tampa to Cleveland, but mistakenly boarded a flight to San Juan, Puerto Rico that was at the same gate he just got on, you know, an hour and a half too early and ended up in Puerto Rico. He was located even before the flight landed. His parents were notified he caught a late-night flight back and all was well. Um, how early, Jordana, did you let your kids fly alone? And are you ever concerned that something like this would happen? Okay, first of all, Frontier, you're idiots. How <laughs> yeah. do you let, yeah. with all of the security that we right. have, how do you let Scanning somebody, I don't care if it's a teenager or not, get on a flight that is not their flight? 
what is going on with the process of the scan? Yeah. You know, please, if you don't have like a bag that has the proper tag or if, I, if the dog isn't properly tagged, I get flagged and pulled out of line. How do we let a kid get on the wrong flight? This That's isn't a movie ridiculous. theater where once you're in the theater, you can go into any theater you want. No, you, you should be able to determine, yeah, you're not meant to be on this floor. And then also, were there that many empty seats that he got on what he thought was his seat that That's wasn't uh, taken from? Usually these planes again, are full. Frontier, Adam doesn't like it, but do better. You need to figure that out. Um, and then you ask about flying. There are so many restrictions on kids flying. I'm sure that by age 12... My children were flying alone because you can, you know, write a consent form. You have to get everything signed. And because we are divorced parents, we both had to get things signed. You had to have somebody waiting there for them. You have to fill out all of this paperwork and somebody is supposed to take them to the gate, wait with them. As a parent, you have to wait for an hour after the flight takes off, which is totally insane. What? Yes. You have to wait there after the flight takes off to make sure. I mean, on certain airlines, I guess not Frontier. They're going on the right plane, and if the plane has to come back, that you are there to meet them if something goes oh, wrong. that's why? It's like, I think, maybe half an hour after takeoff. Not after they pull back, after takeoff. And the gate agent watches the parent. So there are so many restrictions that I felt safe putting my kids on a plane. Their grandparents would meet them at the gate. You get a gate pass, you know, with all the paperwork. So, yeah, I'm sure that my kids, by age 12, because we have family out of town, were traveling on their own. What about you guys? Sorry, that was a long answer no, to your no, question. My, no, my kids haven't traveled on their own on a, they haven't. On a, on a okay. flight yet. Um, okay. Mine did. I had no idea about that, that you had oh. to stay at the gate. You have to, It's ridiculous. And I remember once I was sick and I was in treatment and I brought my, whether it was a sick, my, my 14-year-old was traveling with my 16-year-old. And when you're 16, you can travel on your own. So they were traveling together. And I remember they made me, and I remember, remember dropping them off, but I was so sick. I had a mask and everything. They made me go through security with the kid because all of a sudden I learned that the 16 couldn't take the 14-year-old and there were all these rules. And I explained to her, I said, ma'am, I am a cancer patient. This is why I'm not traveling with them because I'm going back to Mayo for treatment, but I just dropped them off all masked up. And that person, I forgot the airline, luckily, so I don't badmouth them, but um, made me go through security. And I was so afraid for my own safety because it was during COVID times yeah. and oh, it was yeah. awful. Yet, there were all these precautions in place. So how this happens is beyond well, me. 16, though? Yeah, 16. Which at 16, up, you can, I was going to say, texter brings it up, too. Travel on your own yeah, and a te- but a texter brings it up, too. Like, uh, we're not putting this on the 16-year-old? Oh, yeah, right. You need to know what plane you're getting on. Yes. And on, on the announcements, they say, you were on a flight to Puerto Rico. We'll be there soon. Like, right. are, are you not Maybe. listening? Also, like, this Maybe is they a, wanted to go to Puerto Rico. This is a scary story. But to me, it's more shocking that this doesn't happen more often. Like, of the... Thousands and thousands of 16-year-olds that traveled over the holiday season by themselves. Oh, like, we only oh, lost yeah. one of them. Like, I actually, only lost think, one. I actually think that's pretty good. Hey, bravo, bravo, yeah. <laughs> Sorry Kids for the long just answer. traveling everywhere yeah. and pay attention. 50 years ago today on January 2nd of 1974, President Nixon signed a wildly controversial law that was intended to cut down on gas usage in America and make our roads safer. Adam Carter, do you know what that law was 50 years ago today? Cut down on gas usage? Yep. And and safety on the roads. Any ideas? Gas tax? No. It was a nationwide 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. Oh. 
which was enacted in that was the first 74. Speed limit. And wait a minute, was, before then there were no speed limits. No, before then there were uh, speed limits, and some of them were higher than 55. Oh, nationwide, but uh, they cut nationwide. The speed limits dropped. The maximum speed limit you have anywhere in the country was 55 miles an hour, and that lasted for 13 years until 87 when they increased it to 60, 65, 65. Yeah, interesting. And now some states have 70 or higher. Right? There oh, there's 75. I think there's actually 80s. Is there 80s? In Montana. Really? Can, can you imagine a world where 55 was the highest you could go anywhere no in the country? That's annoying. <laughs> That's annoying. Annoying, but safe. Yes. Okay, but again, che- cheaper, cheaper, we cheap. shouldn't make cars that go 120 because that is – we've had this conversation. That is too tempting and people – So should we go people. back to 55 no. nationwide? No. We can drive safely above 55. You can set your cruise at 70 and be save, fine. We'd save gas money and save lives. You don't want to save uh, the planet and lives, Jordan? You know, oh, God. I do want to save the you planet. You just want to get to where you're yeah, going. Yeah, you just want to get there faster, you know? Save it. Okay. Darn the planet, darn uh, people's lives. I, I want to get I'm there. I'm done. Next quick take or we can be done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, then I have some questions for you. Me? Yes. Okay. I know you're a big Taco Bell fan. Oh, oh yeah. Do you expect the Crunch Supreme or the Mexican pizza. Crunch Wrap Supreme. Obviously, you've never been there. Sorry. I stand corrected. The Crunch Wrap Supreme or the Mexican pizza or the, I don't know, give me another one. Give me another one. Gordito Supreme. The Gordito Supreme. When you get it in your hot little hands or get it at the drive-thru, do you expect it to look exactly the way it does on the commercial? You know why? I'm not an idiot. Well, there are some lawsuits that would beg to differ. We'll talk next. South Dakota, apparently, you can do 80 in South Dakota. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mount Rushmore, am I right? There you go. Back to the conversation at hand, but thank you. When you get food, do you expect it to look like how it is marketed? The reason I ask this, and we'll get to the Taco Bell and the burger with the Whopper and all that stuff. A Florida woman, so remember, a Florida woman, preface this whole conversation with she is from Florida, is suing Hershey's because over uh, the holiday of Halloween, she bought holiday-themed peanut butter pumpkins. Now, I know how you feel about peanut butter cups, but let's suspend your hatred for peanut butter cups and appreciate that there are peanut butter pumpkins. And on the packaging of the peanut butter pumpkins – So these are – these are Reese's. Sna- Reese's. Yeah. yeah, snacks. Reese's snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the pumpkin is depicted with eye cutouts like a jack-o'-lantern, eye cutouts and teeth cutouts. So it looks like a peanut butter pumpkin that has the face of a jack-o'-lantern shaped like a pumpkin. Well, when you open up, there is no face. It is just the shape of a pumpkin and there are no eye or mouth cutouts. She claims she would not have purchased the candy had she known there was not an actual face carved into them. So the lawsuit specifically cites the packaging for the peanut butter pumpkins and that it doesn't have any carvings. And she was really upset about that. It contains no carvings. So she is suing Hershey's to get damages. Legitimate? Is she wrong? Or should we be demanding that companies are more honest 
in what we're actually getting from what they are advertising. I think there's a line to that. Of course, we should expect companies to deliver what they promise. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the hill I'm dying on. Okay. Uh, I, although I'm, I'm seeing the pictures and it does look like the face of the pumpkin, which yes. could easily be on there. And so would I be disappointed if I opened first of all, I'd be, obviously I'd be disappointed in having to have Reese's. It's delicious. It's uh, delicious. But would I be disappointed if I opened said package and the pumpkin comes out and it doesn't have the face on it uh, for about a tenth of a second, <laughs> then I'd move on with my life. There's also a football one that has laces on the football, but when you open it up, it just looks like an oval egg. There mm-hmm. are no laces on the football. Now- let me also tell you this, that Ms. Kelly purchased the pumpkins for $4.49. She is currently suing for $5 million. Of course. Yeah. Totally worth it. <laughs> but the greater question becomes, are we realists? Like we know there's not – the Whopper is not going to look exactly like it does when it's all wrapped up in the packaging or the Taco Gordita Supreme Double Triple uh, – whatever they're called. I don't know. From Taco Bell, right? By the way, I looked up uh, Reese's pumpkin and the the ratings, and sure enough, here's a one-star rating. First bag had the pumpkin face cut out. Next two bags were globs of chocolate and peanut butter filling, but no pumpkin face. Very disappointed. Wow. So people are really upset about this. So Kelly is a pioneer. Doesn't it come down to whether it is just better looking or whether it's actually different like take the mm. the whopper if you will right mm-hmm. there's this picture of a whopper it's mm-hmm. perfect there's a mm-hmm. you know a, a drip of grease coming yes. off the burger yeah, the right. bacon is shiny mm-hmm. like we know Cheese. it's not gonna look like that mm-hmm. but if you see in the picture if there's onion and tomato and lettuce and burger and bun and whatever like all of those things are going to be on my whopper it's just not going to look as nice look as good but if the picture shows bacon and mine comes without bacon. Fair. Well, that's a big difference. That's so there's, a, it's actually yeah. different. Fair. So the question then is, is the markings on this chocolate, does that constitute an actual difference or is it just better? And I think I think she might have a point. Like that's the actual difference in the product that's not there. $5 million worth of disappointment? No, no. She's ridiculous. She needs to go home and not worry about it. But mm-hmm. if I'm the one, you know, if I'm a government agency enforcing this, I go, yeah, if you're going to have a picture of it on the package that has – a detail, a feature of mm-hmm. that product that's, that's not in the actual product, you can't do that. That's absolutely fair. I will say this. Is that another phrase i got to get rid of? I, I will, will say, say this. this. Should no, I just you're say fine. it? That's conversation. But we have, as a society, come to just accept that we're being lied to. I will say that. I just said it again. What, what is going on here? We're lied really? to and we accept it. I think so. Okay. Not, I mean, this is a very small example of it but do you watch political ads and expect and think you're getting the entire truth oh god no that's what i'm saying no 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 or when you hear when you just see a lot of the the ads we see on television on television do we expect that what we're getting is exactly what we say that's right i, I guess if I, i'm sure i bought I those we, pumpkins i i was not upset that they didn't have a face on them right i, I, I think we're, right we're, we're, i think there's a general genuine General mm-hmm. acceptance that we're being at least fibbed to. Well, that we're being advertised to, and advertising is only sharing the best of the mm-hmm. product right. or the person or whatever yep. it is. That's kind of our so do we accept transaction, I think. That it's going to be worse 
Yeah, I think we do. Mm-hmm. I think as a society that we are often disappointed. Like, for example, when you buy something online, you'll buy a shirt or something, you get it, and the fabric isn't quite what you thought it was going to be. I mean, that's that happens all the time. Yeah. And whether or not we're lazy enough to re- or, you know to return it. Texter says, does this mean all women should be sued for wearing makeup? I mean, it's not really how they look. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we're definitely Texter said that. I didn't say that. All right, let's take a break. Interesting. So are, are we just used to getting lied to? That makes me feel bad, but that might be the way of the world. Lied way, is a strong term for Either it. way, she doesn't deserve $5 million. No. Maybe she deserves the four forty nine that she paid for it because it wasn't what she got, which is totally legitimate for them to send her back a check for four forty nine, sure. and they should. Also, she should she could have just gone back to the store and returned them. Like, stores will do that. Really? Yes. Oh, that's gross. You walk back and return it, and she go back with her four bucks. If and, you return a thing because the, there's not cup? a pumpkin face on know, it, you're right? an idiot. Should we limit public comments during public meetings like school boards and uh, city council meetings? Let's talk next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We've all seen the videos. Some idiot gets up at a school board meeting and starts screaming about something they're not even talking about, like homelessness or light rail or CRT that they don't teach in school just because that's one of their talking points that they feel they now have a public forum for. And it's also being broadcast so they get to spew some ridiculous craziness. It happens. But – It also happens that people have very legitimate reasons that they go to school board meetings or city council meetings and they want a big forum for whatever concern they have in their community. Well, now open government advocates say that public forums like these meetings should be broadcast despite the fact that some of these meetings are cutting down on these kinds of – uh, speeches and public comment uh, period. Public comment. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. And they also maybe don't want them to be broadcast as well. Uh, some cities are, are wanting that, you know, to have meetings in private or people to be able to comment either online or have private meetings with school board members or community directors. So they're not given a public forum to spew what is often misinformation. This is an interesting debate because, like, for example, I'm going to give you an example quoted in the Star Tribune. The Hennepin County Board was one local government voted to stop broadcasting public meetings, while some school districts chose to hold less formal public input sessions without a majority of the school board present. Okay, so I'm not saying that people shouldn't have their say, but having it in such a public forum And if you want to get totally off topic, that's not okay. If you are on topic and you offer a respectful either rebuttal or question, I'm all for that. But if you feel that you want to go to a Minneapolis school board meeting and start screaming free Tibet, for example, 
not the time or the place for your uh, – and I mm-hmm. want a free Tibet, by the way. I'm all for freeing Tibet. But not exactly the time and place for the free Tibet conversation. I think, though, you, you're bringing up something that when you say that doesn't have to do with it. I think it's more than that. I think it, it, it is – it's topics that are at least tangential that do relate to each other that you might feel – are is ridiculous in that moment in time. I, I whether it's COVID rules. Yes, we've seen people use these mm-hmm. meetings now mm-hmm. as a place to voice uh, their feelings on things. Yeah, and, remember when everyone's getting up about saying mask mandates were Nazism? Right. I mean, that was crazy. Not I, the time or the place. I, is it though? I mean, if 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 a school board is debating whether or not a mask. Again, which I had no problem with, but I, I totally, I, but I do understand people that do have problems with that. Now, if they're respectful and they're not uh, commandeering a meeting, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got examples now of well, who was it? Well, it was the was it the Adina School Board, I think, and we had that group of people show oh, up. Oh yes, come and uh, pro- protest for Palestine. Yes, yes. and just interrupt but, the meeting. That's, that's not, not necessary. That isn't necessary. But I don't even. If if a guy gets up or a woman gets up and gets to give three minutes or whatever it is on their feelings on something, as much as I vehemently would disagree with that, I'd lean on the side of letting her have that opportunity, let him or her have that opportunity to say those things. Because... But does it have to be on topic is what I'm saying. Yes. I think if it's off topic, you get cut off and you don't get... The airspace for it. Right. They I think should it be has able to, to be on topic. That. Right. Yes. Um, but this whole idea that, well, it's just too many people and the feelings are getting hurt and there's too many people and emotions are running too high that we want to limit uh, the comment from our public. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. I, I think that that oftentimes that is the only opportunity someone may get to address their elected officials. And but it's not because you can call and make an appointment with your elected official. You can email your yeah. elected official. You can, like I said, you either call and try and talk to them or set up a time to talk, or you can You're go right. in and try to talk but to them. I, I mean, think most this... public officials, although I have requested lots of meetings with Ilhan Omar and I still haven't gotten a private audience, but then uh, she is my public official. But that I think most public officials are willing to meet with somebody, too, especially I... if it's something on topic. That is debated right now in the city. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about it. Like most public officials are more than willing to. You don't think so? They should be. They should be. But it also gives you an opportunity to address all of them at one point. I just feel like that is quintessentially American to me to have a. a, To go to a meeting and go to a meeting to have an elected body and have the ability to say public comment on it. And. Whether or not that sway, mm-hmm. sways one vote or any votes, mm-hmm. that's not really the point either. The point is to get your voice heard and make sure your opposition or your support or whatever it is, is on the public record. And I think in this moment in time, I agree that it's very uncomfortable to see mm-hmm. people who commandeer meetings like that or people who are able to spew things mm-hmm. that that's misinformation. may or may not misinformation. But we're in a moment in time, I think, where... I hope, anyway, there we will be able to look back and say, Oof, boy, we really, things got a little hot there for a few years. Yeah. And making reactions to this point in time, making rules mm-hmm. to restrict public comment, I think, in the long run, does this 
country a disservice. There's also the debate about whether or not it should be live streamed. And I think that's also the greater debate uh, that these boards are having, whether they should be um, broadcast. Because you can go to a meeting, but of course you're only speaking to the people that are in the meeting. And it's in the minutes and it's in the notes and the lawmakers are there, the council, whoever you want to speak to. But there is also um, the this idea of broadcasting it. And I yeah. think that's where some of the dissent comes in where, you know, if you're going to go like, for example, that Edina school board meeting, mm-hmm. if that were broadcast and I don't know if it was or not. Like there was no point in those people being there. If they want to protest, they can go out on the street right. and protest. They can do whatever they want. But you shouldn't take over a no. school board meeting when you. Yeah, that's different when yeah, you just when interrupt. They're talking about and, free lunches or something. Right. That's different when you just disrupt, intentionally disrupt mm-hmm. a meeting. But if it's a public comment period, I want to I, I want to be it. But what about having them broadcast? Do you think that that it's necessary that they're broadcast? I get, I hear you, and you may convince me to the the public comment. If if there is a meeting that is from you know this time to this time, and the public is welcome and they can I comment do. as long as they're on topic, I think there should be a sergeant at arms if they're not topic that will escort them from the room, so mm-hmm. people that are really there to discuss the topic. But maybe the broadcast, because I think that was the greater problem that you're reaching a huge audience. If if anybody's watching these public meetings. Um, oh, there are. Yeah, there are people that are watching that maybe couldn't be there, which I is good. The, I have the same argument for that. It's that's, uh, and I work for Town Square Television that mm-hmm. actually takes the time mm-hmm. and broadcasts these meetings, mm-hmm. and then they make them available for the public mm-hmm. live. And then if you want to rewatch it or watch back if you miss the meeting, mm-hmm. I think that's a great service that we have the, the the ability to do that. And does it open the door for more people to say, "Well, I'm getting a platform here now." And look, there's there are organizations that use those clips of people right hijacking it. a meeting at said mm-hmm. school board saying that this is what's being done, and they can be manipulated to do it. But I think that's true. Again, I think that's quintessentially American that we are able to voice anybody in in the public can voice their opinion on certain things mm-hmm. if it pertains to them, and we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to broadcast, and we should be able to watch that. We should have access to that. I hear what you're saying, and, and maybe I could be convinced that this is the way to go. I just feel that if people are very serious about something, there are lots of ways to do yeah. it other than screaming and yelling so you can have a clip for your Instagram and say, mm-hmm. see what yeah. I did, and interrupting. And also, you know, you make people angry when you yeah. get up there and yell and rant and rave. So I don't know that maybe you're not winning over your cause, but I guess, you know, Public discourse is a good thing. I just wish we could turn down the heat a little bit. Amen. You're preaching to the choir there. But I think we have to have that person rant and rave for their Instagram so that the the guy who's has a variance suddenly that's going to take away part of his yard has an opportunity to show up and voice his displeasures to who has no, doesn't care about any of that but wants to mm-hmm. be able to address his city council over something that he objects mm-hmm. to. Yes, we should. Of course, the public's input is important. I just wish they were vetted to stay on topic, that it was respectful because these are people that are, you know, work public servants. And um, I guess also respectful to other people in the community. I've seen too many takeovers of these meetings. And I think to myself, that is so selfish and not the purpose of the meeting. It's just somebody's personal agenda. They want to scream and rant and they can do that on the sidewalk and not in a 
in a public forum. 651-461-9226. Are you in favor of some of these uh, boards and councils restricting uh, public comment or at least not broadcasting them to uh, prevent what Jordan is talking about? Let us know. 651-461-9226. Your Linda's Construction time check is 1051. Time to get 50% off installation labor on Infinity from Marvin Windows. Text line here, 651-461-9226. Try calling an elected official. You won't talk to them. Even emails, 99% of the time you get a canned message that's off and off topic. Yeah, and this person makes a good point. They say, you know, the problem with Jordana's point of view is if it's something that the board wants to ignore, it will never be on topic. So I hear what you're saying. I guess I just think that if that's not one of their priorities, and I understand that it might be yours because it might have to do with your easements or your yard or what's happening – um, I just feel like maybe publicly that's not worthy of everybody's public time. If it's something that's your issue, you should take it up with somebody in city government on your own. But I also understand, you know, somebody says, George, you know, try calling somebody. You'll never get a call back. You won't even talk to them. Even emails, 99% of the time you get a canned message that's off topic. Yes, I know because I have reached out to my elected officials many, many times over these past few months or years so you're right. It is a canned email, and that is frustrating. So, so I so if people are using these. This is more civil disobedience. These these forums is what you're saying, and we should allow that. I'm not. No, I think there's a difference between civil disobedience, like interrupting a, a meeting, mm-hmm. than people being allowed to talk about a topic that's in front. I do. I agree with you. If there, if somebody's going up there and talking about the Minnesota state flag in front of the <laughs> right. Bloomington City Council that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, there's no like they should be able to say, okay, we're we're not going to hear your comments. I'm sorry, right? right. Um, but if it, if it pertains to what they're talking about, it, even if it's a fringe view, I think mm-hmm. that's that's what they're not paid to do, but that's what they're elected to do. Yeah. That's what we send them. Yeah. Uh, here's a text here: If a school board member, a council member doesn't want to allow public comment from the people that elected them, they shouldn't have run for office. Mm. Broadcasting meetings allows people who may not otherwise may not be able to attend, see and hear from those they helped elect. I served 12 years in the Bloomington mm. City Council. And when I realized there was a whole lot of people in the council chamber, I may have cringed, but I sure wasn't in favor of not hearing from them. I get that. And maybe there's also a way, you know, that you can broadcast the meeting and then, you know, delay it for an hour so you can edit out if there's some idiot in there that's, you know, yelling about the flag or something else, you know, that's completely off topic or it's because they're worried about spreading misinformation. Mm-hmm. They're worried about somebody getting up and saying something that's not true. And I get that because, you know, a lot of people want to do that. So maybe but but Adam, when they're live, do people at home get to interact live? Like, can you? Well, that's is it the like thing. a Zoom. Well, that so, you get yeah, to ask some a of these, question? some of these, and some of these bodies now mm-hmm. started doing Zoom meetings during the pandemic, and okay. I think some of them still even have that ability where you can be remote and still mm-hmm. testify or make a public comment. I do believe that. Um, I mean, if they want to change that, I would have no problem saying, you know what. If you want to comment on something, you should be in the building and be mm-hmm. in the in the chamber to make that comment mm-hmm. instead of you yeah, know not in your just basement. opening it up, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I get that, mm-hmm. but I still I, I just don't want to restrict people's ability to address their elected officials. Yet there must be enough of a problem where many of these boards do not want 
to be broadcast. You know, that's why we're talking about this, because a lot of them are trying to restrict the public broadcasting of this. So while we might think, oh, it's a one off or it's one crazy person or this, that it might be a greater problem that, you know, I, I got to be honest, I'm not zooming into the St. Louis. Uh, yeah, but you would if it was a big of something of an important issue to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Generally, I don't. So I don't see how much is disrupted. Hmm. But there oh, must be a yeah. large disruption because some of these boards are saying, you know what, we don't want this anymore and we need to cut down on people trying to sidetrack the meetings. So maybe just better rules because public input is important and I understand people want to be heard and they feel unheard. I feel unheard by all of my elected officials because I have emailed them numerous times and never gotten anything other than a canned letter. Right. So I hear you on that. Uh, people have a right to see how their sausage is made. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, uh, that's what, again, overarching, that's what gives me pause about just restricting public access yeah, at all. Yeah, I hear you. Because we've talked to, how many, we talked to th- so many local journalists, you know, mm-hmm. these newspapers, these little small town newspapers that go out of business. Mm-hmm. And you've got these county boards that have nobody checking on them. I know. No reporters so checking true. on them. That's so true. And uh, so when we talk about restricting public access, I get a little nervous. I'm just pro. I'm just more of an American than you are. I think, Clearly, no, too. but 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 now that I think about it more, and we've had this conversation, I mean, maybe we should just suffer through the few idiots that are there with their own agenda because it is probably better that the public have more access. And you know, I was just trying to keep order and not spread misinformation, but. I hate to trust people to not know misinformation, but if they see somebody getting up ranting and raving, you know, it's probably some weirdness that they're trying to get across. That's some ancillary topic. So I should trust people more to be able to discern that. I don't know. I think you I think you might have swayed me. Not that not that that was your goal, but now that I'm thinking about it more, it might be worth, you know, a couple of lunatics for the public to have access. We don't know they're lunatics. They're just people with a very loud opinion. Or an opinion of something that people don't want to talk Correct. about or not important to anybody else. All right. We got to go. CBS uh, local report. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.